Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Kokoro Movement Podcast. On this episode, we have Kiana Thompson. She is the owner of the Body Realm Center in San Francisco, California. She's a longtime massage therapist and entrepreneur. We had a great conversation, and I'm just going to jump right into it. Without further ado, Kiana Thompson. Yeah, whatever, bro. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah so, so yeah, like, cause I uh, started mixed martial arts after my divorce in like 2005, okay. and then you know worked really hard to get into shape. But then my brain only remembers the in shape part, and so once you get in there and you're like, cause I used to train like four to five hours a day, and I used to use jujitsu to help me limber up from the four hours of CrossFit that I was doing every day. And now I'm just like, what is happening? And my brain's like super confused because it only remembers the good part. <laughs> well, let's, let's be real. We're always in our best shape when we're single or right. single. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so there's also a best shape for when you're not single, but it's not the one that we used to be in. There's, it's a totally different shape. <laughs> yeah, this shape is a little bit more fluffed. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a little bit more like I ain't looking and nobody's <laughs> looking at me. So it's all right. <laughs> all right. So how do you want to, uh, what's your format for your um, podcast? Like, oh, you, man. I listen so, to a couple of them. They're great. I'm just not sure. Like, you know, if you normally just always have conversations or if you have some questions that you kind of want to have. So here's the thing is when I just start, when I just start talking, then we have an amazing podcast, but yeah. if I have a plan going in, then it's weird and awkward. And so <laughs> like me and you, we have a lot to talk about because I've had like 55 episodes of my podcast awesome. and they're mostly PTs, um, Kairos and personal trainers. Right. Mm. And so Every, MTs, man. every Always massage, left out. right. And so, well, I'm not leaving them out on purpose. No, no, no. So no. here's the thing. Like when you were on the movement maestro podcast, I was like, what a massage therapist. And then you started talking. I'm like, ah, this woman has something to say. And I was like, so excited. And everything that you were saying, I was just like yelling at the radio to like, like, yes, this is what we need to talk about. And so it's like this thing where, um, Every massage therapist I reach out to, and um, so I'm starting over. So I've, I've taken a lot of education courses over the last three years, like a lot, mm-hmm. like an obscene amount. And so I meet massage therapists there, um, but it, like I said, it's mostly trainers, chiros, and PTs, right? So all the massage therapists that I meet there are incredibly intelligent. They're really looking outside of the box as far as um, their education goes, and that 
really fires me up because, you know, I'm a massage therapist as well. So then I reach out to him like, Hey, come on my podcast. Like whatever. I don't have anything to talk about. I'm like, that is bullshit. We all have stuff to talk about. And so, you know, part of it is um, a lot, you were kind of skirting the edge of this topic um, while you were talking to Shante, Mm -hmm. but a lot of it is society doesn't really look at our profession as a legitimate profession. And so that's kind of where, like you said, that your legacy is to legitimize the profession. And that's my legacy as well, because, you know, like we have the capacity to know a lot of stuff, but once we get out of school, like you said, they were kind of ushered into these spas or whatever it is, even though that's kind of not what we want. So then the scary part about getting out of school is just starting your own business, right? And because you're starting from nothing and you don't have people, you don't have, you're not going into an established business and, and you don't have those people that are just coming into like a massage envy type place just, and you're just getting booked. Right. So, um, then you start like even, uh, I don't know what, your uh, continuing education requirement is in California, but you know, here we have, uh, we have to get 25 hours every two years of continuing education and the stuff that counts towards my continuing ed isn't really what I'm interested in learning, you know? So let's, uh, let's kind of, yeah, that was kind of a lot to unpack, but let's talk about it. (laughs) Let's let's dive in. You're right. I mean, you know, um, there's definitely when she was asking, you know, what does the profession need? And I was like, how long is this show? Because, I mean, there's so many different facets. There's the mindset of the massage therapist. There's the preparation into coming out into the quote-unquote real world. Um, There's the lack of um, mentorship. There's the lack of other massage therapists building businesses to bring other massage therapists in. A lot of the people that you're meeting in these continuing educated courses or education courses are really just to kind of... um, one, probably to expand their scope of practice, of course, and to, to add skill set, but also I think underlying it is to kind of trying to um, fill this void and where that mindset comes in. And it's a lack mentality that a lot of massage therapists have. Like, I don't know enough. Who am I to be this expert? You know, like it's new for them. I'm like, position yourself as an expert. They're like, uh, I don't know what to say. And I was like, you do know what to say. What you do know is enough and you can always build on top of it. But to, you know, when I'm mentoring um, or when I have mentored massage therapists, a lot of it was really getting them comfortable in, in what they know um, and how to communicate that to other therapists. The other thing the profession needs is like you said, I don't know what you need in California, but here's this is this. It's like that in every single state. And then within that state, it could be different based on every city and county. And with California, it's been back and forth. We have we have a um, so uh, on the other podcast, Shante called me. You know, what can an LMT do, right? Licensed massage therapist. The thing about licensing is that it's not consistent across the state. In California, we're not licensed. We're we're certified, and right. on top of it, it's voluntary. And then the requirements to be certified has changed. At one point, you just had to have a certain amount of hours from your schooling, um, and then it was they had a certified massage practitioner, which was someone who had under 500 hours of uh, education, and then they had um, certified massage therapist, which was 500 and up, 
Um, and then they removed that, and then they required an embolex exam um, uh, passing of that of, of that testing, and then they recently just removed it. So it's all over the freaking place. Yeah. Um, and then you go north to the next state up at Washington. They're licensed. They're they're considered considered providers um, from insurance companies, and so. One of the things I came across when I was coming up was I'm searching for mentors. I'm searching for coaches. Um, and that's another thing we can dive into the lack of, of that happening of that, uh, you know, coaching for business in the massage profession, like why they don't seek that out. But as when I'm looking for people, I'm looking for someone who is employing other massage therapists as employees, not independent contractors. Um, and I would find them, they would have three locations, 30 employees, but a lot of the stuff they were telling me didn't apply. Um, because they were from a different state. And so something as simple as, you know, having a non-compete agreement, that's not legal in California. You can't do that. So I would have to find different ways to kind of incorporate some form of clause um, that is similar to that, but not necessarily uh, that uh, particular arrangement just because of the legalities here. And so understanding what, what your limitations are and what your scope of practice is, is like a feat on itself. I ended up not uh, or canceling my memberships with uh, professional massage associations just because they weren't helping me at yeah. all. I would ask them something very specific and they would redirect me to like, you know, some state person. But I was like, well, who there at, you know, um, AMTA or AMVP that can help me with these things? No one. Well, why am I paying so I can have this, you know, BS template of a crap looking uh, uh, website and then you're going to put me on? some sort of directory that nobody is searching like all these things that they were giving like oh we have marketing tools and things it's so dated it's it's not relevant it's not helpful and so you have all these therapists that either are going to go into a profession where it's it's geared to make them broke because it's not a lot of these uh, massage therapy positions are not full-time it's not meant for you to make a living off of a lot of it's part-time right. um and so you know it's not geared to, to make them successful. So what's the other option? I have to go into business for myself. One, not everybody needs to be going into business for themselves. Two, no. you know, you're representing an entire profession. So when you fail or when you suck at something or when you're not, you know, uh, you don't have high ethical standards or high professional standards or high customer service standards, people are basing their experience on massage on that. Right. And so that's why I said my mission is to reshape how people utilize it because it's not always just for relaxation. Right. Um, it's not always just going to be something that you see on TV. Like a lot of massage therapists and clients myself didn't know, like I specialize in working with people with frozen shoulders, sciatica, plantar fasciitis, all kinds of stuff. You name it. I've worked on a herniated, bulging disc, post-op, pre-op, replacements here, herniated disc, all kinds of stuff, broken bones. And massage therapists themselves didn't realize they can do that. Right. And that's where I'm like, it's kind of like a twofold uh, issue where it's like, I want to re-educate the general public on what we can do, but I also have to educate the therapist on what we're capable of doing within our scope. Right. And then having them understand that, you know, hey, you might be able to do even more depending on where you're at in the, in the U.S. Right. And you, and like you were saying to Shante, the, the certifications that you have, because if you have a personal trainer certification and then a massage therapy license, you can blend those two things. And then you have to figure out how to do that. And so that's a really, you know, so when I got out of school, I immediately realized that I wanted to start learning stuff that was not typical massage therapy stuff. So I started taking like the DNS courses and learning how to do work proper breathing mechanics. And then 
proper bracing mechanics. And then I started going down that route. And then I started doing neurological muscle testing. And then I started, and then I started because I, I, in my practice, I just wanted to make people move better. And once there was all these complicated stuff or these complicated issues that started coming into my office where I'm like, why can't I make these people better? So then I start researching it and then I start finding people like, you know, Dr. Perry Nicholson and, and um, you know, all these different modalities where I'm like, ah, see, that's the gap I needed. And then that's the gap I needed. And then, you know, the more knowledge you have, then the more challenging people come in and then you're just like, damn it, why can't I make this person better? And then you start going down all these different rabbit holes and then people are like, so what do you do? And you're like, well, I'm a massage therapist, but that's kind of a loaded question because people don't really understand what we're capable of doing, you know? And then I was watching friends episodes and Phoebe is the reason why everybody thinks that we're dumbasses essentially, you know? And so it's, um, got to the point where, um, you know, if one of my clients got injured, I would go to their appointments with them. You know, let's go see what your chiropractor has to say. Let's go see what your PT has to say. Let's go see what your surgeon has to say so that I can understand your symptoms better. So I can understand you better and what your the pathology of your injury is so that I can help you out before and after whatever you're trying to do. And then I'd go into a chiropractor's office and they're like, Oh, you're a massage therapist. Okay. This is the so as, and this is what it does. And I'm like, got it. Okay. Thanks. Like you don't need to talk to me like I'm in second grade. I know what the so as is and like everything associated with it. You know what I mean? It's like, and so I think, uh, just trying to get people to expand what they think is capable within the profession, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, no, I mean, and I think it's key, right? I mean, right. like you said, there's, there's so many things that people don't realize, you know, we can do or what we really know. And that's why, you know, it's such a passion for me um, after speaking to massage therapy students. That's why I kind of pivoted and changed my business to where it was, I just went from a solopreneur to wanting to expand and to educate therapists and to educate the general public because massage therapy has so many you know, everyone has, everyone puts us in their own little box of what that means. And unfortunately, you know, we're still finding the stigma of, you know, relations with the sex industry, yep. relations with people who, you know, do some uh, more energy type work, more of that, you know, what I call like woo-woo stuff. And don't get me wrong, the woo-woo works. There's just times and places for it. And so right. people don't realize there's such a spectrum when it comes to massage. There's, it's no different than chiropractic. I have chiropractors who specialize from something from, you know, um, pelvic floor to somebody who does muscle testing. Yeah. And that's the same with massage. It's like you can go deep within certain modalities inside the massage therapy umbrella. And you can also go deep by stepping a little bit outside of that umbrella and expanding your scope of practice by adding something movement-based like uh, personal training, yoga certification, uh, coaching certification, even you know, something is like nutritional coaching, you can expand based on what your interests are. And yeah. I think that, you know, we're at a time where I don't have time to wait on legislature to get it together. And for the state of California or whoever to get it together and start showing people what we can do, I'm just going to do it. And I right. just need more massage therapists to just kind of step up their game and, and be the best that they can be. And that's where I get kind of frustrated because you know, I'm like, you're not being your best if, you know, you go and start a business and then quit because it's not working out. Like, when did you reach out for help? 
Right. You know, like I didn't, you know, people look at me like, well, how did you, one of the main things is that my, my business is like a six figure business. And I was telling Shantae, I'm like, it's kind of a necessity living out here in the Bay. It's, it's right. so expensive. And I was like, but I was like, it's a hustle. When your hustle is tied to your hunger, you will move differently. Trust. Right. And I just feel like more of us need, not necessarily, you know, need to act out of like scarcity or anything like that, but there's just so much more we can do. And we place the limitations on ourselves as massage therapists because of what else we see. And instead of waiting to see what's possible, just be the change, just right. go out there. And that's why I ended up starting my practice because I couldn't find a position that I wanted or a company I wanted to work for that was in line with what I wanted to do. I didn't want to do, I love doing sports massage, but not that meant I still had to do salt scrubs. Right. You know what I mean? And right. like, I'm like, I don't want to do that. Or um, I found like some other places just kind of have like these weird chip on their shoulders if they're clinical, like they just think they're above. And I'm like, dude, I'm not feeling that. Like, um, and so I just started my own thing and it just took off from there. Right. Um, but I, you know, the thing is too, is, you know, a lot of people have to understand, I didn't, this isn't my first go at business either. Like I've mm-hmm. had other businesses, I've been in different industries. Um, you know, I've, I've, always had a side hustle of some sort. And so I apply all of that to this business. And that's why I feel like it's successful. It's also, you know, one of the things I have the most business acumen in because I've been a massage therapist since I was 19 years old and I'm 38. Yeah. So I've been at this for a while. And so right. this is my vehicle to where I want to go. I have other goals, you know, outside of massage therapy. Um, but at the same time, there's just, there's so much, there's so much to do here. There's, there's so much space. Um, and I just, I want to see more massage therapists take what they learn and make something with it. Like you said, I have all these certifications. I'm like, you can create whatever you want to create and name it, whatever you want to name and go as far as you want with it. You know? And the thing is, I'm like, I think people just stop themselves short because of whatever they feel massage therapist, that title means to them. Right. And it's, man, there's so much to like unpack in that because <laughs> so I initially went to, uh, massage school right when I graduated high school in 2000 and I went to um, the Mueller College in San Diego and it was they're like cool you're a certified massage practitioner and you're like okay I'm 18 years old I don't know what that means so I'm gonna go practice massage and then so you know I took um, and it was uh, like you said the the less than 500 hours club right so I took a hundred hours and then I was certified in California but I lived in Arizona and so at that time, it was different. The licensing was different in Arizona. And I was also 18 years old and an idiot and like, <laughs> you know, kind of blew it off. Um, and, you know, once I um, uh, became 35 years old and met my future wife, I was like, hey, I need to like get it together because like the, the, the physical therapy route wasn't working out for me. Um, so then I went back to massage school. And in order to be licensed in Arizona, you can't be certified. You have to be licensed. It's uh, 1,200 hours of schooling plus like, you know, the, um, the clinical hours. And so got done with that. And then, you know, my dad's been a massage therapist for 22 years. So um, I rented a room from him and, and just started from there. And like you said, like you've had a myriad of businesses and some people quit because it gets hard. Well, you know, owning a business is hard all the time. It's all the time. And there's, especially like in the massage business, it's like really cyclical. So there's sometimes where you're slammed and there's sometimes where you're really slow. And, you know, if, if, uh, you know, you got your business to where you're pretty steady all the time, then that's amazing. But that takes a lot of work. 
It takes a lot of effort, you know? So then I started, you know, the personal training business to kind of facilitate that. And I figured out how to integrate my massage into my personal training business to where it's like essentially the same thing because our goal is to make people move better. Right. And so just getting to that point and just realizing that like, you know, there's, there's this avoidance of difficult things that the, the populace is, is really kind of gravitating towards, which is why we're not like trying stuff, you know, like jujitsu is hard all the time. There's always somebody better than you. And you might like start, you might go in and, and, uh, you know, learn a technique and then, you know, you start rolling and then you get with a, like a white belt and you're like, yeah, kick this guy's ass. But then the rest of the class is high level blue belts and purple belts. And you're like, oh shit, this is the worst. You're just getting choked by your own clothing. There's nothing more frustrating than getting choked with your own clothing. It's like, <laughs> you know, and, but it's hard and that's why people quit. And that's why people don't ever get past like blue belt level mm-hmm. because they're like, nah, this is terrible. Those purple belts are gnarly. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. this, and, and that's why people um, like give up on their business too is because, you know, like I said, it's cyclical. So you're growing and growing and growing. And then you hit like that two months where everybody's on summer break and they're out on vacation and they're not booking appointments. And you're like, well, shit, this is hard. I'm going to quit. And then it's easier to kind of, you know, go and find like a waitressing job, but then the waitressing job starts making more money than the massage job. And then you just start doing that more and then you just kind of fade out, you know? Mm-hmm. it's just like one of those things where you just got to burn the ships and get after it. And then, and like you said, that if the, the, the hustle has to outweigh the hunger because you know, you got to make money somehow. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, the thing is too, like if you're always chasing money, then you're always chasing, you're just going to go where, where the money's at, whether right. that's within this profession or not, you know? Um, and I just feel like, you know, the longer I'm in jujitsu, the more I realize a lot of the, the life stuff that they talk about is like legit because right. jujitsu is very humbling. I mean, you could be a black belt and it's like being a white belt all over because you're in a whole different pool of people. Right. Not only that, but you have to like maintain your standards. And so for me to get to this point where I'm, my business is not affected by seasons um, or what not to have a, you know, to be booked out, to have a cancellation list uh, of people just waiting to get in that does not happen overnight like this no. is you know this is me eight years later in the practice you know what i'm saying and so like you have to put your time in same thing you want to be a black belt you don't just you, yeah. you know what i'm saying you, you gotta just, get you gotta get dragged through the rocks more than everybody else in order to get there you gotta earn this and you gotta yeah. know what, what you're made out of so you know that's why i tell people i was like you know it, it's business is not for everybody and that doesn't always have to be the only answer and if more massage therapists kind of opened up their practice and uh would invite more massage therapists in so that we can elevate the profession so that's where i was at where i was like you know well you know where's everyone else how come how come they're not doing this how come they're not doing that and then i had to really put the spotlight on myself i'm like what the hell am i doing to help right nothing and so you know, even if I were to, you know, train someone and they become awesome massage therapists and they move on, you know, their goal was to, you know, start their own thing, then cool. I know I had a hand in putting someone else out there um, who knows what they're doing, who's, who's going to have longevity in the business, who's going to help a lot of people. That's freaking awesome. You know, and so a lot of times what we're seeing too is it's uh, what's industry norm when it comes to paying our massage therapists is technically just illegal. 
And we need to, you know, start shying away from that, what's, what's comfortable uh, for the owner and really start being an actual business owner, paying the taxes and categorizing them correctly as employees so right. that they will have sick pay. They will have workman's comp. They will have health benefits. They will have the securities of a job if they were to work anywhere else. And so, you know, we have to make it more attractive for these massage therapists to be employees or to, to kind of start out, get their footing, get into this profession and see what it's about without jeopardizing their livelihood and making them second guess if they made the right decision or not. Right. You know, and I mean, there needs to be some, so, some sort of support system. Right. So the important part of there is, uh, you know, like you said, it took you eight years to get here. And we live in this society where we want immediate spectacular results. And so that's like another thing where it's like you have to educate your clientele as well. Like, hey, if you have this injury, it's going to take you time to get out of it because it took you time to get there. Mm -hmm. And if you waited past the point of the acute phase of injury to where you're in chronic pain, then that chronic pain is complex and it's going to, we're going to have to attack it from a million different angles. But then it's also educating these massage therapists. We're like, Hey, you're going to be, you're going to be second in life for like the first two or three years. If this is what you're dedicated to doing. And then once you get to like year four or five, then you start to kind of take off a little bit and then you start to get more comfortable. It's just like building any business. Mm -hmm. It's going to be hard and you got to really work at it and you got to just, you know, there's times where like, I'm stress eating like crazy, you know, like, I'm just like, Oh, I'm sad. This is hard and I'm failing and I'm going to eat some pizza. But then the next day you rally and you get after it again and you start sending text messages out and you start, you know, really working at it. And so, like I said, I've had, I've been doing massage for, uh, just over four years. Um, like with a hundred percent of my effort. And the reality is, is that three years I spent just educating myself where I was doing one, sometimes two education courses in a month, like all over the United States, I was flying everywhere because I was just incredibly obsessed with filling those gaps in my knowledge so I can help people as efficiently as I could. So then I had a, a, a kid who was in massage therapy school who contacted me via email and said, Hey, um, you know, you're really aligned with what I'm looking for. Can I get a job? And then, this was like three years in and I was really just kind of blown away that a, somebody would ask me, but B realizing that I haven't really started my business yet. Like this business has been like keeping me afloat and really, like I said, been focused on education. And now that I'm done with my education piece, I'm really focusing on the business part. And so I was like, Hey, I can give you as many tips as you want and you have my email and I'll share all the knowledge that I have with you because I want you to be better. So just, you know, reach out and ask and I'll help you out. But, you know, also realizing where you're at within that process is really important as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's definitely key. And so, you know, when it comes to like being able to offer employment, yeah, you, you have to be in a position, <laughs> right. but it's also awesome. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's, it's a, it's a scary feeling and it's an empowering feeling, right? Cause like, right. I, like, well, man, I'm responsible for someone else's livelihood. I got to make sure, you know, this uh, business comes in and I'm focused on this, this, this definitely keeps you like very focused um, and gives you a different uh, motivator. Like you have a, a stronger why as to, you know, what, what you're doing. But, you know, yeah, I mean, more massage therapists need to be reaching out. 
asking, especially like in today's age where, you know, social media can reach anybody. And so I don't understand like why there isn't more of that happening or why there's this like little chip on the shoulder that's like, oh yeah, yeah, I, I know, I know, I got it. And so it's a, it's the scarcity mindset. It's, you know, a lot of it is just some BS because I was like, okay, well, if I go to your profile and I look up your business and like, if you have availability like tomorrow and like all of next week. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's still like, do, do you want to know how to get booked? Would you like to ask that question? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, cause I'll ask them like, so what can I help you with? You know, like what's going on? Sometimes a lot of the times I should say, it's definitely some mindset stuff, but like when it comes to like real business stuff, you know, like they're not asking the questions, you know, like, um, you know, I have therapists who are constantly, you know, worried about how to get clients and not worrying about how to keep them. Right. You know, and I was like, that's the key to business. I was like, you know, my focus when I first started, I just focused on keeping what I had because who knows how many more I was going to get. I was like, my weekend is booked now. If I can keep them all booked I know next month, this time, I'm going to have the same thing. And I just kept kept at it. And yeah. then you start earning the right and the leverage to kind of be a little bit more choosy on who you work with. But you have to work with a lot of people to even understand who that's going to be. Right. Um, because, you know, when I first started, I thought I was going to be working with MMA people and UFC fighters. And, and that was all great and, and it fun. But the reality is I'm like, they're professional. They're only going to be coming around during camps and everybody else is too broke. Right. Um, <laughs> or don't see the, the value and getting regular body work done. They weren't look, they were looking to get fixed. They weren't looking for, you know, a, a relationship with their body like this. And so I ended up finding out, I was like, oh, I end up working with a lot more people who have more occupational stuff. And they seem to, and they also are active individuals. They'll have different sports. Um, but you know, these people might be weekend warriors or whatnot. And so then I progressed my name from sports massage, Canton sports massage to sports orthopedic massage, um, because that's what I ended up doing. And I was able to kind of fine tune who my target audience was, who my target market was. Um, but I, I shaped that based on who I enjoyed working with and like what were their similarities. But it was hard at first because I needed a lot of them to identify them. Right. And so you just kind of have to go through the motions. But eventually, like you're like, OK. I know who I'm working with now. I know, you know, what, what their similarities are. I know what I like about them. And then, you, you know, just kind of making sure that you're giving them, giving these people those VIP treatment, you know, um, like I said, I, I developed my relationships with my client very deeply. Um, I'm getting to know them on a very human, you know, level as massage therapists, we have a very unique position in healthcare where we're spending a lot of quality time with our clients without ever leaving their side. We don't leave the room. We don't, you know, we don't just spend 20 minutes, 20 minutes with them. We don't have anyone else in the room with them. It's very one-on-one -on -one and it's definitely a lot quality time, right? It's hands-on the whole time. Right. Um, and so, you know, getting to know them as people and, you know, really starting to develop these relationships where I was like, wow, you know, this person's really cool. And like, um, getting to know them, the rest of the family. And so what happens is, is that I end up attracting more people like them because then they have their friends coming in, their family coming in. And so they end up doing the marketing and the word of mouth and stuff for you. And it starts to grow in, in this beautiful organic way without a lot of effort on my part anymore. Once I had that initial upstart, you know, just kind of picking and choosing who I want to keep and then fostering those relationships, everything just kind of grew on its own. And then you're yeah. developing loyalty because in service in general, 
regardless of what profession you're in, eventually people are going to start to see you because they like you. Right. And they want to see you. Right. You don't have to be the best, but you guys have to, you guys have to gel. And that's where you start to build this clientele. And that's a real clientele where like, if you leave, they, they leave with you. Right. If my yeah. rates raise, they pay the price. If I change my days, they come in on these. They make arrangements. That is clientele. Right. And that's really, that's really interesting because it's not that way everywhere. And so it's, uh, you know, a lot of my friends live um, in San Diego. That's where I took like a lot of my, a majority of my classes. And then a lot more live in like Denver, but where I live, it's a Flagstaff, Arizona, which is Northern Arizona. And there's like 75,000 people here. And so like massage therapists and, and, personal trainers, they don't connect because there's that feeling of scarcity. Right. And so, um, you know, I just, uh, uh, left one of the local CrossFit gyms and that's where a majority of my clientele was. And now that I'm at a different gym, there's that, that competitive thing, which is so weird to me. And then like, I'm not like that. I don't really care. So I want to learn everything from everybody. Like I, uh, I don't assume that I know more than anybody else. So if you're a massage therapist and you've been practicing 20 years, I've only been practicing four. So you know more than me. So let's talk about it. You know what I mean? And um, so I actually lost a lot of clientele in that transition. And it's just really just the, the, the mentality of like this small town where, well, I can't converse with him because what if he knows more than me and then he'll take all my athletes or he'll take all my clients and then I will be, I won't have a business anymore. And so that's like what I'm really trying to squash right now is like being like, Hey, this is how we get better. And we're all doing the same thing. We're just trying to make human beings better at being human. And so let's come together and do that. Yeah. Like, so, you know, like if you're that CrossFit gym has like 50 people, like you don't have a me problem. You have a marketing problem. That's it. There's 20, there's uh, 74,000 people here. There's enough for everybody. And so like, if we come together and work as one cohesive unit to accomplish that one goal of making humans better, then we're going to win. You know what I mean? Because there's a lot of people that need help and there's a lot of people that don't necessarily need it from me, but they might need it from you. And so like, if I have information that you need, I'll give it to you because I don't care. Like I, I earned my education and you could earn it the same way, or we can just have a conversation. You know what I mean? It's like, so it's just, I've been really trying to figure out how to navigate that, um, uh, within my own kind of practice and my own, you know, kind of personal bias and my own, uh, my own mentality on the thing. And I'm always having to check my mentality. Like, am I, that person as well. Like, am I the person that's like, well, you might, you know, being jealous or whatever it is, like, you know, trying to figure out what I need to do for myself so that I can complete that for other people. Yeah. I mean, it's human, right? Yeah. And of course, of course you're going to think that way, right? Right. It, it's only through growth and experience and um, time past that, you know, you start to learn how to uh, really manage those emotions and for me, it was really getting behind the long game, right? Like, what right. is my long-term goal here? Right. Who do I want to work with? Or do we have the exact same clientele, really? And even if we did, do we like all the same people? Like, there's, right. I'm pretty sure there's going to be some people I'd rather pass off to the other person. Right. 
so I can open up my calendar for people who I really do like. Right. And so that's, that's a really important thing to say. Like, you know, like, uh, the one thing that, that like, you know, I just wanted to hug you through the stereo was how you were like, you know, go deep instead of wide. And I was like, see, that's what you need is, you know, because if you, if you truly connect with these people that you like, then they're going to be like, Hey, I heard you were talking about your back pain. Go see this person. And if they connected with those people, then they're probably going to connect with you too. And then, you know, then that's, then you start attracting the people that you want instead of just having everybody, because starting out, you know, everybody, even the therapists listening to this podcast are going to just get everybody. It doesn't matter because when you're starting out, you're just trying to put food on your table and you'll take anyone and everyone. But then you start running into those people where you're like, God, that was terrible. I'm so tired. And this, that person was so exhausting. And, you know, or, or that person doesn't take care of themselves. And, or that person, you know, like they have to be motivated to get better. When like if I give them homework in order to make this change that we did more permanent, they're going to go and do it. And then, you know, like it's, uh, that's just so important. It just yeah, getting the people that you want and then realizing that it takes time to do that. And like you said, playing the long game. Yeah. You're playing this long game. Like what, you know, you have to keep focus on what your, what your actual goals are and not get caught up in the drama of what it is right now, because it doesn't have to be right. So just like anything else, like developing maturity is going to, you know, take some time, but eventually like, you know, if you keep that in the back of your mind, it doesn't really matter because when I say like, I, you know, I'm building these relationships deep. Like I mean it. I, I stayed an hour after I finished seeing clients, right? So like, let's say our session ends at freaking 9 PM. I will stay and chop it up till 1030. Yeah. If that's what, you know, if that, if it means like, I'm, I'm not just building rapport. Like we've already established that at this point. Like I'm going deep. I need to really know you. Like, and if we're vibing like that, then it's cool. Like, so if I have the extra time, I'm going to do that. Um, and of course it's because, well, this, you know, like I said, even if you are an employee and you're working for someone else, like you have to have this mentality, like you are building your own clientele so that if and when you were to move around, you have a base, right? You're not starting from scratch each and every time. Right. Um, and so, you know, you're spending that extra time with them. You know, you're, you're learning about their interests and you're getting more information about their bodies. Like, oh, I didn't know you, you had an accident then too. Oh, I, oh, really? So everything's on your right. So well, that makes sense why this and this would happen and blah, blah, blah. And then once they start referring people to you, you already have a leg up because it's a referral. Someone, right. someone vouched for you, you know, voluntarily. And so this person is already looking for you and already say, well, this person says you're awesome. They have wonderful things to say. So you already you know, you're not starting from ground zero with this person. You just have right. to keep that momentum going as you're kind of, you know, the interview goes both ways, right? As I'm kind of feeling you out and seeing what you're about and if we're, we're vibing and stuff like that. And if that's the case, yeah, because that's the goal. My goal was not only do I want to have a full calendar and be booked out so I can, you know, have some stability when it comes to money coming in, but I don't want to dread when I look at this calendar and dread someone like, oh, it'd be a great day, but oh, I see what's his name at not like that at all so you yeah. have to be the one that curates this and i think that's where you know i was talking about you know being accountable and responsible um for these outcomes because as you're you know you're building your clientele if, if you have 
if you're in an environment that doesn't feel like what you want it to feel like, you have to look at like, well, what am I doing to change it? Yeah. And if you're not going to do anything to change it, then shut up. <laughs> shut up. Right. I don't want to hear it. You know? If, yeah. Quit bitching. Yeah. Right? Either you're going to change the environment or quit bitching. If it is what it is, then make the best of that. Be smart. Yeah. Right. And don't make enemies. Right. You, you can, you can be cordial. Yep. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, and you could be a professional, right? Yep. Like, okay, I'm going to be a professional. Like, I might not feel this, this. I not. I might not be into this particular client. Maybe, you know, they're just exhausting. They're, they're, they're too demanding. They, they're, they're trying to, you know, take over the session and, and tell me what to do and changing up things. I can still get through the session like a professional. I can right. still wrap up the session like a professional. And guess what? I can take payment like a professional too. And then I can also say, you know what, because you wanted, you know, maybe they said something like, oh, I could take really deep pressure. Like I want you to stand on me because you want that type of pressure that we don't do here. I have someone in mind. Uh, there's something called barefoot massage. I think you would really like that. But yeah. oh, do you know someone? Yes, I do. And I'll get on Yelp and I'll search it. And I'm like, here you go. Yeah. I think you would like that. So I can still you know, have the session, close the session, wrap it up, have good, good demeanor, you know, have good rapport with this person, give them what they need, give them a referral and dust my hands with it and didn't burn a bridge and didn't have an attitude. And, you know, but in my head, the conversation is very different. I just want people to know that like, it's completely <laughs> here. It's completely okay. In my head, I'm talking all kinds of mess, but what's coming out is I've done this for a long time. I'm a professional at what I do. I'm an expert at what I do. And I'm also an expert on who I can help, and who I can't. And so if your mindset is here, or this is your thought process, or this is your lifestyle, or you're just stubborn and blah, 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 then maybe not the best fit for me. And that's okay. And that's where it shifts. It, stop, it stops being so, you know, you stop being so scarce with your mindset. And you start feeling abundant because you're like, hey, I can pass this person off to so-and-so because I wouldn't want to work with you anyway. Right. And, <laughs> you're too then, draining right you know? but then that other person might vibe with that other person better exactly you know? and then so then they have less of a scarcity mindset and less fear because then they're like oh well she's giving me people i don't really like this person i'll give her that person and then that person might vibe with you and you never know so it's just yeah we don't like i said we're all doing the same thing let's let's stop it let's stop yeah like we're like if you're if you're trying to compete then you have the scarcity mindset and that's not going to help anybody. And so you just need to keep moving forward with what you're doing and, and just be grateful for what you got. And like, just, you know, like you said, going after money, like money is almost a, it's a side effect of what you're accomplishing. Right. And so if you build those relationships with those people, like you said, and, and that's where, the benefit of having your own business to where you can schedule, Oh, this person's coming in. I better schedule an hour after the massage so that I could talk to this person because exactly. that's how that's going to go. Then, mm -hmm. then, you know, it's not time wasted. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, <clears throat> it's, you're, you're giving that person what you need and then you're filling each of you are filling each other's cup that way. Yeah. And like the, and the person that you're now you're building a relationship with another practitioner right yeah. now you're now you're, you can give them you can even piggyback on that give them a heads up like hey i have this client 
who was looking for this type of pressure or looking and I thought about you I think I think what you do is going to be more in line with what this person wants so right. I just want to give you a heads up this person even if that person doesn't call or follow through the client that she referred over now you already have a reason to reach out to this therapist or this practitioner clinician whatever and start establishing a relationship right you know what I'm saying and it, it it takes some time to get out of this mindset and I don't blame people for having this mindset because as a society I think it was kind of ingrained right it's kind of like it's a competition mindset like if you're gonna win how do you win right but if you have to really think about it, it's like you know what's the point of all this right so the point of all this is to have a filled a filled book right a filled a filled calendar and then what happens is when it actually happens then you're in a position where I was in where I'm like so here's all these other people who still need this work, who still want this help, who still want this treatment, and I can't see them. So now how am I being helpful? Because right. my goal was to help as many, you know, to help people in this way. So like now, I'm not doing that. And right. so in order to continue to do that, I must grow and expand my business to include other therapists, help them along, mentor, coach them so that they can be you know, uh, amazing therapists in their own right under our umbrella. And now they can help these clients who are just sitting around, you know, waiting, waiting for an opening. And then what happens is like, even if they were to squeeze in, I was like, by the time I see them, I said, when it comes time to rebook, maybe they need to be seen every week or every other week. I'm like, I don't have availability for you right. until February or something crazy like that, where I'm just like, now nah, I'm not, I'm not helpful. Right. You know? And then, and then what happens is like, you know, then you, you do your rapport thing, you're building your relationship. Now they don't want to see anybody else. Yeah. So now it doesn't feel good to me, right? Because I'm just like, I want to help you, but I'm not able to help you in the way I want to because of my lack of availability. You right. know? And so I'm like, who am I to want more of that? What is right. that supposed to do? <laughs> right. Right? To have more people on a wait list? Like, what is that? Right. It's not helping anybody. Yeah. Uh, hold on just one second. My dogs need to go outside. <laughs> one second. <laughs> Boom. We're back. Little dog break. All right. Yes. Yeah, so that's a perfect uh, opportunity for us to kind of switch gears here because you mentioned uh, social media. So, you know, like I said before, like when people ask me like what I do and I say I'm a massage therapist, but that's kind of a loaded question. Like social media is your platform to explain what you do every day. Right. So let's talk about how um, you use that for your uh, business and then how important it is to uh, be educating not only other therapists but you know the populace as well I mean you know there when you go on Instagram intensives or you know you're looking this up it, it's common sense right so you want to tell people what you do in a, in a, in a very short sentence right. and it's kind of twofold for me because there's a lot of people who can describe what they do in a lot of creative words but in my mind I'm like you're still a massage therapist like you're right. able to do what you do because you have a massage and right. I feel like the lack of that is also plays a role in why people don't understand what massage therapists can actually do and right. massage therapists themselves don't think that they can do it because they don't call themselves these things right so you'll see one of the popular ones is like a manual therapist right I see that more commonly among like men because they want to dis disassociate themselves with traditional massage I get it and also the stigma that comes with that and so they'll they'll uh, title themselves something differently they present themselves very differently. I see, you know, male massage therapists that you know, are manual therapists, um, you know, have their tools out and, you know, wear the black gloves and, you know, all these things. Um, but I feel like 
I still, my personal thing about it is I'm like, it's massage therapy and that, that should not be um, a shameful thing. I think people should be proud and outright with it. And I think that's what's going to help elevate the profession. And that's what's causing a lot of confusion because people think when I, if I were to say manual therapist, my clients say, oh, physical therapist. So you're a physical therapist. No, I'm a manual therapist. Nobody knows what the hell that is, right? Like, oh, I'm a a neuromuscular therapist. The the, the client doesn't know, like, so what do you, how are you going to help me? Are you going to lay hands? Is this going to be a hands-on treatment? Okay, cool. Am I clothed? Am I not clothed? Do you use lotions? Do you use tools? Do you use a little bit of everything? Like, I think that if it comes to social media, how you title yourself, do what you got to do. But it's, it's especially Instagram, it's visual. So show what it is that you do and how you treat. Um, I think that will clear up a lot of stuff, especially if you're somebody who, you know, uses like, say, myofascial therapy and you're doing a different type of assessment. It's a visual assessment, right? We're looking at the body differently than if they were just to get on the table. Right. Um, so show that, show what the results look like, show who you deal with. Like, you know, what kind of injuries do they have? Do they have a broken foot? Show the broken foot. You know what I mean? And so now people can kind of gather this information and see and see what it says. But I think a lot of people do a really good job uh, by stating, you know, what, where they're training. I'm like, hey, I'm a massage therapist, personal trainer, movement enthusiast. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Damn a little bit of everything there. Which you is know? fine, yeah. That's yeah. Because that's what I put up there. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I'm a licensed massage therapist and a movement specialist, and that's what I work on. And, you know, if you need one or the other, then great. And if we need to combine them, then that's great too. And so, yeah. yeah and so, man, just being, being a man in the profession, that is like a really, like, weird thing. And, you know, like, especially, well, my husband needs work, but he doesn't want to get touched by a guy. Okay. Mm-hmm whatever. So I'll send you over to this woman over here. You know what I mean? Cause she's really good and knows her stuff too. But it's like, you know, well, like just because I'm a guy and I'm working on your hip flexor doesn't mean I'm gay and that you're gay now too. That's not how that works. Like <laughs> it's such a, it's like this weird stigma that is, you know, unfortunately associated with the profession, you know, like, you know, you were talking about those Uh, massage therapy parlors and I have them all around me and they're everywhere. And, you know, like just, you know, so I don't have to deal with it as much because I'm a male in the profession, but the women are like, so, you know, they have those a-holes that are like, so what can I do to get a little extra? And they're just like, no, that's not what we do here. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's really unfortunate, like part of the practice. And so that's where like, uh, therapists like you and I come in where we just really have to educate people on that. Yeah. And I think, you know, for, for women too, like, you know, how, how your business is presented, it will help, um, deter a lot of that. Um, I put a lot of things in place, especially when I first started, uh, when, uh, and, and mind you, like, there's a lot of things that I'm not going to deal with just because we all have our, you know, uh, people are going to perceive us how they're going to perceive us. I'm, I'm, uh, I present myself as a masculine gay female. And so I'm not going to receive the same type of, um, uh, you know, reception from people that maybe someone who's more feminine and smaller and petite probably would. But I found that, you know, even when I've hired massage therapists, um, other massage therapists who, you know, don't look or or, are built like I am, um, there's a lot of things 
that we can do professionally to, to kind of put things in place that lets people know that this is not that type of, of business. And so one is going to be like your online presence, right. um, presenting yourself as a professional. Um, uh, what's it called? Um, and for me, like when I would, when I would meet the therapist during their health intake part, I also had a separate policies part that I would make them sign. So I would verbally walk them through my policy, like, and specifically say like, Hey, if at any time I feel like you're under the influence of drug or alcohol or feel that, you know, you're, um, you say, or do something that I would interpret as sexual in nature, I'm going to terminate the session and charge you full price. Right. And I would say this at the end. So I would run through my, my policies, blah, blah, blah. And at the end I would say that, but like, okay, sign here. Right. <laughs> and then there's other things in place where it's like, you should, you know, you should be capturing their credit card information um, beforehand uh, as a safety measure, because then, you know, if you were to build somebody, you can build them. A lot of people are going to be hesitant on giving that, that information first, if they have other intentions. Um, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, also, Uh, it depends because a lot of people, they, they run their business a little differently. Right. So I don't, I don't take calls personally. Like I don't answer the business call. Like it goes to a reception service. So, um, I tell all therapists, I was like, you know, it's 2019. You should not be giving your cell phone number out. You should not be advertising your cell phone number, your home number. You should at least at the very least have a Google number. Um, but it helps to have other things in place, like having a professional reception service, take your calls and filter that through. Like, you know, there's been people like, Oh, this person called and seemed kind of creepy. And I'm like, yeah, block them. Yeah. Um, I'm, you know, we're not playing this game. Right. Um, and it's frustrating that, you know, like me and you, we can identify like, Oh, there's all these quote unquote parlors around. And I'm like, yeah. how are they still in business? Like how are they around? How do other people not know? Like, okay, let's just break this down. If you're not a massage therapist, let's just clear this up. If you see a massage place, in the mall that has crazy rent and they're advertising full body massage for $25. That's a red flag. If they have long fingernails or their nails are done and manicured and they're promoting massage, that's a red flag. Right. If they don't speak English or they can't communicate with you about your health and what needs to be done in this session, it's not a therapeutic session. Right. If they don't care about your health. Like these are like, to me, like very common sense. And the fact that like, the police aren't more on top of it considering how you know here at least here in california you know we got to register with the police department and all kinds of crazy stuff and i was like so if i just said what my business is reflexology i could just hire whoever and do whatever and charge whatever yeah and it's not a question to anyone that this person has an absorbent like a crazy amount of rent like who can just rent a place inside the mall like mall rent is not cheap and they're charging 25 dollars an hour 40 dollars an hour and you never see it busy Come on. Yeah. Or if it's Come a, on, people. I know. If it's a, uh, if it's <laughs> if their hours are from eight PM to two AM. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's talk about it. So like it's yeah, a, yeah. <laughs> and so it's it's just it's a really it's a really weird kind of profession to get in based on that stuff and that stigma that's behind it. You know what I mean? And I think that like we're doing a really good job of, of educating the the public and as well as other therapists on what the potential, what the potential within this business is mm -hmm. a number one. And you know, everything you just said is really important. You know what I mean? Like we have to be aware of that and we have to 
be so far above that, that we set this new standard for, you know, what our profession is and what we're capable of doing. And it's just, uh, it's, God, so annoying, but uh, <laughs> man. So, um, yeah, anyway, the, the, you know, we have it so good now because I remember, you know, when my dad started out, he had to rent a credit card machine for like 350 bucks a month. And we, now we have square, like we live in this age of information where, you know, <clears throat> like your, your website has to be up to part two. And that's like something I've been slacking off on because, you know, like I said, I've been learning so much and evolving so much that it's hard to put everything in there. And so now that I've slowed down quite a bit, you know, I can, I can get more on top of that. But like you live in this day and age where somebody's like, Hey, you should go see this Kiana person. Oh, what's the name of her business? Well, this is it. Cool. I'll just Google it right now and look it up. You know what I mean? So that's like an accurate representation of who you are as well. And so, you know, like you said, the intake process, like this, like I have, like my intake form is like, Hey, this is how I do things. And this is what I do. Do you understand? Yes or no? And the people, yes. Okay. So then this is the route that I go. Like for me, uh, a majority of my stuff is with uh, clothes on because we immediately go into like movement afterwards to make sure that we integrate all the stuff. And, but if I need you to take off your shirt, then I do have the training to make sure that you're covered all the time. Do you understand? Yes or no? Okay, great. You know, and just move through all that stuff because then that, that, that intake process eliminates a lot of people, you know, that you don't want within your practice. It definitely sets the tone, you know, right. and it, it separates you from possibly the other massage experiences that they must have had, you know? Right. So it's, it's kind of setting this tone like, hey, this is different. This is why it's different. This is why you're here. And yeah. so, you know, are you game? Let's get into it. And so yeah. once they're like that, they're like, oh, okay. You know? Yeah. 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 And so, man, this was awesome. This is a great conversation. <laughs> I was really happy you came on. Thank you so much. Yeah, uh, of course. So, um, do you are you a big uh, book reader? Do you read a lot of books? Or, um, gosh, I wish I could read more. I do. I do the Audible yeah. um, to kind of get in there. But I found like I'm the type of person if it's some sort of like biography or story of some sort, I, I'm really good with the Audible. But if it's like a business book or something like that, I need to like mark up the pages. I just right. need to touch it. Um, so I'll end up having two. I'll end up having the book and I'll have the audible version so I can kind of get through it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love me some books. I, I got me a nice little book list for this year. Yeah. Um, I don't get to read as much as I have in the past or want to. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely a book person. So which, what are you reading right now and which ones would you recommend? Right now I am reading this book right here. Uh, Profit first. Profit first. Yeah. Profit first because um, I wanted a more simpler way for um, for me to kind of create this uh, like uh, money flow system. Yeah. Um, and something I can understand a little bit better. I mean, you know, as a business, like you know, quarterly, I look at you know my profit and loss balance statement and touch base with the accountant. But most of the time, it's like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. What is this? Where's the money? Yeah. Um, that's usually my question. I'm like, okay, so it says I made this much, but where's the money? So this is a different system to look into. So I'm looking into that. Um, one of the books that I read that was really interesting lately was um, a book called Drive. Mm. Um, and that's awesome. It's about like um, uh, incorporating like human uh, 
like human behaviors when it comes to like incentivizing things inside of a corporation or inside of like a company culture. Um, and so it goes into like all these different um, research that they did about like how we incentivize like employees um, to like do better work and everything that you know, probably me and you have experienced, and most people have experienced with jobs, like, you know, oh, you know, get a bonus here, but think that those things, like, don't work. Yeah. And, like, looking at, like, what actually does work, like, what are these, the human motivators that, that, uh, or the human, you know, the human things that actually motivate us to, to do, uh, do the work that we do, to do a better job, um, to do more work, or to work harder at something, like, what are really those those uh, those things and not just like what's been done in companies before because they're proven to not work. Right. So that, I just thought that was interesting. Well, and then it's, you can kind of reverse engineer it as well because I think that's really important information as far as your business, but also with your clientele as well. So like, what is the incentive for them coming to me? Like, how does that work? And how do we get that to where they come in more consistently? Because, you know, it's a common knowledge that people take more care of their cars than they do themselves. You know what I mean? But this is like the vessel that you have for your life. So you need to take care of it. And yeah. so it's uh, you know, that's why I started really getting into like a lot of psychology stuff is because I need to understand how people are thinking because I only know how I think. And I'm like, well, you know, just being a jujitsu, I don't want to stop jujitsu just because of back pain. Like I need to figure out how to make my back pain better so I can continue to accomplish my goals within this sport that I have chosen, right? Same with like CrossFit, whatever it is. And so, you know, but there's not a lot of people, like I said, that go towards those things because it's hard. And so, but also not doing those things is also hard because being out of shape is hard, being uh, prone to injury because you're not strong enough is hard. And so trying to figure out like what those people need and what I'm not providing them to where they need to come in more often. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So that's like really important as well. Um, so, you know, speaking about um, being a business owner, like right now I'm listening to um, Jocko Willink's book, The Dichotomy of Leadership, you know, what it mm -hmm. takes to be a good leader and then how, you know, sometimes you need to take ownership of yourself, but then you need to teach them to take ownership of themselves. And, you know, all this, it's a really fascinating book. And then, the other one that I'm reading right now is Sea uh, to Play, which is about the eyes of athletes and, and how it affects their performance and how it affects their movement. And I think that's just so fascinating. So, and, you know, um, the other thing that popped up recently and like the reason why I haven't been reading as much this year as I did last year is because I was trying to force my way through shitty books. Like you don't. So that's the thing is you don't have to do that. No, you don't. <laughs> if you don't like it, just stop reading it. And so yeah. once I got to, once I opened C to Play, I read like four chapters and was like, gosh, this book's amazing. And then I started realizing that I was just forcing my way through these books. I'm like, gosh, shit, this is pretty mm -hmm. terrible. Like, you don't have to do that. Just stop. It's, yeah. cool. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. But there's definitely a, like, you know, you'll notice, like, when I look at like other successful business people, they're, they're, they're interested in books span all different kinds of categories, you know? Right. Um, and so it's good to like, you know, have some, have some biographies, see what other people went through, you know, read some successful massage therapist books and see what, what their experiences were like other people in other industries, what their experiences like, um, you know, a psychology stuff doesn't always just have to be like business, you know? Right. Um, and then, you know, uh, don't forget to read for fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Reading can be fun too. So, right. you know, I, I'll listen to like, you know, a comedy 
some, like some comedian's book, you know, just some right. lightheartedness. Um, but then I like books like um, uh, David Goggins. He's a Goggins. Oh <laughs> well, that guy's like that guy's my freaking power animal. I've listened to his audiobook probably three or four times. Like, and so you know what yeah. I what I really appreciate, like you know, talking to you and you know, like um, other professionals that I perceive as very successful, like, you know, Shante Cofield or, you know, Joe Lavaca, like, you know, Joe Lavaca, when he was on, um, Shante's podcast, he's like, Hey, I just got fired. And that was hard and terrifying. And so now I'm starting this new business and it's great. And, you know, but I'm starting from scratch. So it's really scary and it's really hard. And I'm like, yes, see, it's fucking hard. It's fucking hard for everybody. And if you just keep going, then you'll be successful. Like, God damn it. And so that's like, so that's like what I need to hear is that it is difficult and that it's difficult for everyone. And not everyone is like, oh, I, I came up with this web app and now I'm a billionaire and I own an island and I sleep on the beach every day. Like, I, that's not what I need to hear. I need to hear the every deep, the everyday people that are making it and, and that I perceive as successful and that they're successful for a reason because they work their ass off at it. And like David Goggins is a perfect example. He's like, Hey, if you're fat, you got to be like, Hey, I'm fat. What can we do to make it better? Like we have to work really hard and we have to eat really healthy and, you know, and just stop making excuses and, you know, don't ever settle. And just that guy is so, you know, <laughs> every time I listen to his book, it's just kind of a rant <laughs> where like, if you're accomplishing even like 10% of what that guy does, you're doing pretty good. Like, so don't compare yourself to David Goggins. Like he's, Oh my God. Superhuman. Yeah. He's like one, he's like the 1% of like mentally tough people on the earth. You know what I mean? So like, but it's awesome to his story to hear like how it's doable, where he came from, how many, so many people can relate to that. Right. You know? I mean, and you're right. I mean, it's hard. Of course it's hard, but right. I mean, even if someone gave you the exact steps you need to take, you're still going to have a hard time. It's called franchising, right? right. You could be a franchisor. And or a franchisee, you have all the steps laid out for you. It's still work. It's still hard. You're still gonna mess up. So you know, imagine not having any steps, and you right. have to create the steps. And that's the hard part. And I think with business, a lot of people are starting to kind of see, like you know, how self-aware you really need to be, and how hard that is to be self-aware and be real, real with yourself. Like you know, what I am a lazy motherfucker, and I don't know how to get myself right. out of this. I need to actually ask for help and like seek it out and follow through with these and put tax money aside and oh that's my budget fucking god damn it that's my biggest weakness right now mm. is the tax money thing because i you know oh, i would i would love to have you got me looking money. at international <laughs> oh, can we look at international like hey if i just started a business over here yeah but, i mean it, that's just part of the game right and so part of it's like hey other successful businesses have fucking figured this shit out so am i right you know and to me like that is goes going back to jujitsu is in a place where like it's not about getting to the next belt it's about not caring about getting to the next belt and just focusing on getting better period because it's gonna happen like i'm going to get my black belt i can care less as to when I'd rather complain. I'd rather be in a place where everyone complains that I'm still a brown belt and it's unfair to them. I'd rather right. be that person than be like, hey, when can we get like I am in no rush to get my black belt. Right. It's a whole new every time you level up in life, in jujitsu, whatever, every time you level up, it's a whole new playing field. Imagine once I become black belt, right? 
once you get your black belt and you enter the master senior world, hell no, I don't, I don't want to go up against someone who's been a black belt for 13, 14 years, who's been yeah, a black belt a since they were 18 years old. Like, yeah. oh, you know there's, what I'm saying? Like, there's I'm levels, no rush. There's, yeah, there's levels to this. There's like, levels. Yeah, so there's like brown belt where you're like, okay, you're a brown belt. And then there's brown belt where you're like, really? You're yeah. a brown belt? Because that's bullshit. Like, because mm-hmm. I can handle brown belts, but mm-hmm. I can't handle you. You know and what I mean? That's who like, I want to be. I want to be the right. person. I want to be the brown belt people are like bitching about. Like, it's not right. fair. You are not a brown belt. Right. Then I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's Maybe a, I'll consider. Yeah, and it's, it's you know? just, and it's a, and then, yeah. So like, even like when the business thing where you're just like, okay, so I reached this. And then you get to that summit and you're like, oh, it's a false summit. There's more to do. Got it. Okay. So now I'm climbing more. So it's, it's um, you know, really trying to f- sit here and figure out, like, like I'm outlining an education course right now as we speak. And I've been having it in my brain for like the last three months. And I've been really working it out because that's how my brain works is like, I don't want to retire. I just want to teach until I die. And, you know, so th- I figured out, you know, how to accumulate all this knowledge and how to integrate it. And so there's people that have, you know, that a lot of people that I talk to, they go to these courses and they're like, cool, that was a great amount of information, but now how do I use it? And I'm the type of person where it's like, you know, like just like jujitsu, it's such a perfect explanation for life. It's so weird. And, um, uh, but like you, it's just like, well, you go for the arm bar and then you fail. And then you're like, damn it. And then you have to get back to an optimal position. You're like, oop, there's the armbar again. And then you go and then you fail. And you're like, damn it. You know what I mean? That's what it is to integrate this knowledge into your massage practice. You try it. Well, shit, that didn't work. So I'm going to go back to what my basic knowledge is that I know will help her or him and then move on. And then they'll feel better. And then I'm going to try this again with this next person. And then ultimately it gets integrated in your practice. So I don't call it failing. I call it test and retest. Let's try this out. See how it goes. Oop, failed. Okay. Let's try it out again. You know what I mean? And it's just, you know, that's like the, you're, that's just how you move forward and that's how you get better. Yeah. So, right up. No, I mean, and, and you know, like you said, you just, you just fits right into life. Right. I it mean, does. it's, it's, I mean, the thing is, I'm like, yeah, you're always, you're always going to be course correcting. You're always going to be, you know, winning or learning. You're always going to be falling forward. But imagine if you start out your business, you're like, I'm going to be, I know I'm going to be successful. Like it changes the way you look at everything. And so having that perspective. And I think, you know, a lot of um, up and coming solopreneurs can really need to start looking into investing in themselves. I don't think we do that enough. Mm -hmm. Um, And so investing yourself, finding a coach, you know, learning more about business, um, learning from someone who's, who's done or who's doing what it is that you're trying to do. I learned, I have coaches that are in completely different industries just because I'm just like, wow, (laughs) you know, like your mindset and like, you know, how you deal with things and, and, and it's all, you know, interchangeable, but definitely I think, especially for massage therapists, they should, we should definitely be looking into uh, investing in ourselves and not always just investing in our skill set within the profession, but investing in ourselves on our businesses, investing in ourselves as business people. And so definitely I would highly recommend, you know, like coaching, like I get a lot of people in my emails asking me about, you know, um, you know, what my, what my take is on mentoring, because I think a lot more successful massage therapists definitely should be kind of opening up their door and inviting more 
uh, newer grad students to come in and you know mentor them and show them what this profession can do what it's all about what they can do within it and i also think that you know once they have the ball rolling they definitely need to seek out like a coach um like the coaching i do helping people to kind of you know make these plans what's the next step um you know find out where those leaks are where they can kind of step things up without having to invest more energy and time um so just kind of shape up the business bring in more money get focused on what it is that they're trying to do and attack these goals because it makes a huge difference having someone on your side that can, you know, relay this information back looking from the outside in and then also having that expertise of they've been there. They're where you're trying to go. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yep. So I think more of that definitely needs to happen. Boom. That was mm -hmm. the best conversation. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. <laughs> I appreciate you. We'll do it again soon, I hope. Yeah. Anytime, man. Anytime. Right on. Have a good day. Thank you again. All right. Appreciate you. Yeah.